For WCRIB Digital Radio, I'm David Browie. Joining me today is Sunny Wan, who fell victim to a sophisticated HSBC bank text message scam and lost $49,000 in the blink of an eye. Sunny, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me on the show. So to start with, tell us about yourself. You're based in Sydney, Australia? Yep. I'm in Sydney, born and bred in Australia. Yeah, just been in Sydney all my whole life, basically, but have been to Melbourne a few times. Fair enough. Uh, like millions of other customers here, you bank with HSBC. I imagine you get occasional text messages from them in the course of normal activities. Yes, that's right. So I receive many text messages from HSBC, like just to confirm whether this transaction is correct. Like my homeland package has been approved or they sometimes send you like a code as well. And they say that you've got 30 minutes to input this into your app. So I'm receiving these text messages for like over a year or two now from HSBC. And yeah, so I couldn't really tell between the HSBC message and the scammers message because it came from the same thread. That's right, because in your phone, it organizes them based on the sender. So of course, all the messages come one after another because they were sent from what appears to be the same sender. Yeah, that's right. It just says HSBC AU. So I was just like, oh, I expected it to be from HSBC. Totally understandable. So uh, this is back in early December, I understand. You got a message and what did that message say? Yep. So it happened on 1st of December. 2023 now. And I received a text message on a Friday night. I was just chilling at home and I received a text message saying that another device has been logged in in another location. And if this isn't you, call this number, quoting reference number. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I've only been sitting, I haven't been traveling. So I kind of like instinctively just hang on a second, someone's logged in another device, so I better call this number. And it came from the HSBC number. So I guess I didn't think much of it. I just called that number and then quote the reference number straight away. And then he asked me initially, like, have you been in Perth for the last couple of weeks? And then I said, no, I haven't. I've just been in Sydney. And then he said that there's been some activity on your account on a S8 phone, which is a Samsung Galaxy 8. And coincidentally, I did lose an S8 phone, but I didn't think it was like many years ago. So I just kind of like, click to me that I did lose that phone. I'm thinking, oh, is someone still using my phone in Perth? So I kind of like, oh, okay. So HSBC is like detected this thing. So I was thinking that I was saving myself, right? So the scammer went through the verification questions like date of birth, full name, address, username. And all these questions is very normal to what any HSBC representative will ask you when they try to verify you over the phone. So it's very normal for me that I didn't suspect anything. Then the scammer continue asking like, what's your last two transactions that you've done? Also to verify you. And this is very like in the norm that HSBC representative ask you. And so I did. And he was like, oh yeah, okay. And then he said that we need to deactivate this device, the Samsung 8 of the banking app. So in order to do that, we just need to generate a code. So I did that because I was thinking that it's a HSBC representative. So I generate that code. I gave that one time passcode to him. And then I received a text message from the same HSBC thread message saying that a device has been removed. At that point, I was thinking that they were removing my S8 phone, but as of late, I found out they were actually removing my phone, my current phone. So anyways, they put me on hold for quite a while because they said they're going to do some investigations. So I was like on hold. And then after a while, he put me back on off hold and he asked me like, oh, have I made any transactions on CoinSpot, which is like an Australian crypto exchange? And then I said, yeah, because I do do a bit of investing crypto. And I said, oh, yes, I do. And then he said, there's been some unusual activity on that as well. And then I was like, oh, okay. Then he said to me that 
he will pass my details on to another representative to get that sorted for me. Then I was thinking that was a red flag for me because with crypto, I know that no one will ask for anything. And I was thinking, why would HSBC pass my details on to someone else? They would actually tell me to contact CoinSpot directly and ask them, right? So this is when I started having like, oh, hang on a second, something's not right here. Until then, it kind of seemed legit. It seemed like he was very polished on the phone. They were asking the right questions. They had what seemed like the right answers for you. So there was nothing really to tip you off until then. Yeah, that's right. There was nothing that tipped me off. He was very professional. He was well-spoken, sound very educated. He asked the exact same questions as HSBC representative would. So I literally believed it was HSBC. So that was how good he was. So that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes people say, oh, you pick up the phone and there's a lot of static on the line or you know, that it sounds like someone's calling from their back bedroom or something. I mean, people will say you know, on the phone that there's some clue that tips you off and makes you think not so much, but it sounds like they were pretty sophisticated in the way they set it up and they, even the scripts that they were working to, to make you feel very comfortable. Yes, that's right. They were very sophisticated and they definitely knew what HSBC asked in order to verify and like what they sounded was very professional. So I didn't really tip me off until towards the end, which was already too late. Yeah, this is the problem always. And so of course it was the cryptocurrency question that really made the penny drop for you. So you do actually have a CoinSpot account, but you were saying, why would they be working through HSBC basically? Why would they be trying to manage it for me? Yeah, that is when like I was hanging on a red flag there. I was like, why would HSBC pass my details to someone else? They will actually tell me to call, call CoinSwap directly. They won't care if, you know, passing my details, that doesn't happen. And then anyways, after that, it was very quick. Like I received a message instantly from CoinSpot, but it's not CoinSpot because CoinSpot never sends me a message. And with a similar message, then a private number called me quickly claiming that he was from CoinSpot. And I was like, no, and I hanged up. This is while I was frantically trying to search for the one number, HSBC number. He called twice and I hanged up quickly. Finally got through to the HSBC line. And then guess what? Like he asked me the exact same questions as just the previous guy was asking me. And I was just like, oh my God, am I speaking to the right person? Like am I actually speaking to HSBC? So I was a bit like taken aback when he was asking the same questions to verify me. But anyway, I trusted it was HSBC. It went through and he said that, yeah, they'd taken out 19,900 initially. He said to me 19,900. And then he said that he will freeze my account that night. So on the 1st of December at 9.30. Then I was told to go to the branch and make a police report. But then the next day when I went to the branch and I asked, can I see my statements? That's when I realized that it was actually 49,900 and not 19,900. So HSBC made another mistake by saying that it was only 19.9 taken out when it was almost 50,000. And that was when I realized that they've taken the whole amount out of my mortgage account, on my mortgage offset account. So it wasn't my savings account, it was my mortgage. And then I was very upset, obviously, and I went to the police and the police said that we can tell the bank to freeze it or pause the payment or recall the payment or something. And then, so I went to the branch and then they said that they can't do anything on the branch level and that I needed to wait for the fraud team to do its investigation, which will take around six to eight weeks. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, I know. I was like, what the hell? Like, this is ridiculous. Like I've reported it almost instantly. And the least you can do is two big amounts that should have been detected, first of all, and that's being sent to a new bank account. So it's kind of like, you should have detected this. And then I was like, within 24 hours, I reported this and this should be able to like stop these payments. So I think there's a massive flaw in their security system as well. Like there are two big amounts. 
Anyway, after that, so I called a fraud team before the 24 hour window ended and I was trying to make them freeze the payments to no avail. They're like, no, you have to wait till our fraud team does its investigation, blah, blah, blah. And then I did not receive anything a week later or two weeks later to chase up to the branch and then eventually made a complaint. There was not even like an email acknowledging that we're looking into your fraud case investigation, nothing until I had to push for it. And there was just no accountability, no duty of care until I made that complaint. And then I went to the media, to current affairs. And that was when they actually like, oh, okay, we better do something and email her or something like that and take note of her complaint. Wow. Yeah, it's very, I don't know how to say, how to put it nicely, but it's very appalling, disappointing. I've been a long-term customer since 2016 with HSBC and this is how they treat their customers. So this is not very good. And I've reported to AFCA, ASIC, everything. And since then, a lot of victims have come forward as well. So now I've got about a group of 22 victims. And I think more people have reached to me last night, but I haven't verified their story because I don't want another scam into our group. So at the moment, we're just trying to do everything we can. I mean, there's just new victims and like my case is not the oldest case. And we have victims that from September, say, that haven't even got an answer from the fraud team or the advocacy team, maybe because it's not pushing it enough, but like. That's just ridiculous. And this has been ongoing since June, 2023, and it's been seven months and HSBC has done nothing to improve its security system or to warn its customers. That's definitely a lot longer than six to eight weeks. That sounds like someone's just not really on it at all. A couple of things in what you've said uh, really sort of piqued my curiosity. I mean, you get in there, you're contacting the bank. How long did it take? I guess, to get through on the bank, to get someone to actually listen to you. It was something you'd gone to the branch, you said. I mean, it, clearly you were trying everything that you could do. Did they at least like put in a request to the fraud team pretty quickly? No. So what happened after the 2nd of December, I let it off for a week. I waited for one week and I heard nothing. So I went to the branch and I said, where's the update on this? You know, it's a lot of money, you know, like what's going on with this? And then I went to a different branch. So that branch manager told me that he will email my relationship manager. So my previous relationship manager is like no longer with HSBC. So I've got a new one. So he said he emailed him, but then a week later, he emailed him on Monday or something. And then I didn't receive a response from him until Friday, which is like another week. So I actually went back to the branch. I was like, what is this going on? Like my relationship manager has not called me yet still or emailed me back. And then when he did email me, he was like, oh, hope you're well blah, blah, blah. And then, sorry, I just got back to you. And then he's like, have a good weekend. I was like, so furious at that stage. It was like two weeks in and this is how you treat your customers. And I was about to pounce on my keyboard. Then I realized I can't afford to buy a new laptop. So I was just like, basically telling him like, no, I'm not okay. First of all, you have not replied to me and I've just lost $50,000. You've done nothing. And then second of all, I'm not going to have a good weekend. Thank you. Very how can you even say that to me? Right. Pretty tone deaf on the part of the bank. Yeah. So that was very tough. Like he was so no sympathy whatsoever. It was very like just robot like typing email. Yeah. People talk about banks being impersonal. It sounds like you got that at exactly the wrong time. Now, how long were you on the phone for the initial call and when they were getting your details? Like how long do you think that call actually ran for? I think about half an hour. So in half an hour, they were able basically to drain your account. Yeah. And your bank now, weeks later, still hasn't been able to do anything about it. And they're telling you, oh, it's going to take a while to investigate this. But if they were able to do this to you in half an hour, obviously the bank has a very different idea about what's involved in doing anything about this. 
Yeah. So they've come back to me because I reported an out, I made an AFCA complaint, complaint to HSBC. Once you make a complaint to AFCA, AFCA gives HSBC 30 days to respond. So my 30 days was like mid-January. So HSBC responded back saying that none of my funds can be recorded and that according to the e-payment code clause 11.2 or in 12.2, whatever, because I gave out that one-time passcode, they are not liable. So this is what they say to everybody that's come back with the answer. And they're just basically washing their hands and they say not liable because we gave out that code. But they should have done something. And like that number, the scammer just came from the same thread of messages as using the HSBC number. So we thought we were giving it out to the HSBC representative. So just ridiculous. It's doubly frustrating because there have been efforts in the past few months to try and tighten that and get the carriers to check the source of SMSs and make sure that known scam people can't get through and can't pretend that they're someone else. There's been a lot of work trying to make that happen so that they would have been able to pick up on this, but clearly it didn't work in this case. Yeah. I mean, like if it was a two-factor authentication, we know that it's that's important. You don't give that away, right? But then it's just a one-time passcode that you generate on through the app. Because sometimes they give you codes and then you need to enter it within 30 minutes. So it's just like, it's very hard to distinguish between what is real and what is not as well. So yeah, it's very confusing. And if they warned us, like CBA did, CBA did a media release like a couple of weeks ago, warning everybody to delete the text message because it's coming from a scammers. If HSBC did even that, the slightest, just a slight thing like that, then there'll be less victims and told us earlier and even warned us by the mobile banking app instead of the website. No one goes to the website, like seriously. Like you need to show it on the mobile app because everybody uses the banking or mobile app and say there's an ongoing spoofing scam using KGSPC number. That's all they needed to say, like two sentences, that's it. So we just be aware and say like, just call KGSPC directly if you receive any messages. A very simple message that they could have done to prevent all of this ordeal. They seem very eager to do sort of a minimum amount of effort. Oh, we've put it on our website. You're supposed to check that all the time. That's not really in touch with what people actually do. As you're saying, people are on their phones. They need stuff presented in a way that's relevant and probably at the time that they're doing things. So there's, there's clearly a lot of lessons for the bank here in how they could get those messages out much more usefully to people. Yeah, exactly. It's obviously not effective if there's still victims coming forward. It's not effective. They need to change the way that they communicate to their customers. Definitely a challenge, but in the end, the long and short of it is you've lost a fair bit of money. Are you okay? Are you able to recover from that and move forward this year? What will this mean for you? Well, because they took it from my mortgage account, I won't be able to make my repayments this month. Last month was probably just made it, but this month probably not so much. So I'll be in arrears. HSBC offered to pause the mortgage repayments, but that doesn't really mean anything because the interest still accumulates. And at the end of the three months, I will still have to pay the full amount back, which if I can't make it anyway, month to month, I won't make it by the end of three months, unless I win lotto or something, you know, either that or like they top the amount on top of my loan. So it's only going to be even more debt. So it actually, it doesn't really help me at all. So I've just kind of declined that offer. And other people, other victims that I've heard, and also for me, like I was meant to use that money for my mom's knee replacement surgery, which now has been pushed back. I've not told my mom yet because she's worried about me enough already. So yeah. And for the other victims I've heard about, like um, they're going to use the money to settle on their home loan, their wedding, they've got trips planned, they've got things to buy. And some people have family, they've got two kids, you know, and that money means a lot to them. It's very hard to save money, especially with the cost of living raising these days. 
or see all the consequences from the different victims collectively. It's very sad. Well, this is people's lives and that's what the scammers don't care about. They just see the money and move on. There's quite a lot left in this week. Yeah, exactly. For WCYB Digital Radio, I'm David Browie, and I've been talking with Sunny Wan, who fell for a sophisticated bank text message scam and lost $49,000 before she'd hung up the phone. 